Lord, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you in our giving. And now as we get into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart and that it will become like a mighty oak in our lives. And that we will follow, and not only follow, but example your word to those that are around us. We thank you. We honor you for it all. And we thank you for your presence in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are on episode number three of our series entitled Family Life. Now, um, the thing about episode number three is I don't know if we're really going to like episode number three. If something is said that you are lacking in or are feeling guilty of or uh, beating yourself up about or any of those types of things, the Bible says it like this, is that if we ask God for forgiveness, that he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because some of the things that I'm going to point out today, I already know that we're guilty of, but I don't want us to take it as a condemnation. I want us to look at it as a conviction for us to do better. Okay? Condemnation make, tries to keep you down and keep you locked into that condition. Conviction motivates us to dig deeper into who God is and allowing him to renew us to a new and better life. All right. Amen. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm prefacing it like that because I, I want you all to know that I do love y'all and I have nothing against anybody in this room. But what I am going to talk about today is going to be a little painful. Okay. So, now I got everybody all nervous, and then I just, I'm sitting here getting y'all nervous, and then I accidentally closed my, um, my notes. That's it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes, uh-huh, I hear y'all, y'all, oh yeah, oh well, yeah, that's the Lord speaking, no, that ain't the Lord speaking, don't even try that, don't put that, don't put, no, don't put it on the Lord, Lord, we know it, yeah, thank you, Jesus, Thank you. Uh, this is this is hilarious. I was sitting there and I looked down. I'm like, why'd you close? I'm trying to help the people now. Now you want to act like this? Okay. Now, now, now it's not booting up. I'm I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. Talk about Oh, go back to the giving. Yes. Okay, there it is. I found it. All right. I found it. Somebody said, oh, man. All right. <laughs> family. When we talked, when we started off, and I was explaining to you family life about what this whole year, my goal is to be talking about some aspect of the family. This whole year, we're going to be focusing on, oh, that's not like a radio show, focusing on the family. 
Because if we understand everyone's proper position, everybody's proper function, I believe we could be doing a whole lot better. But not only better for ourselves, but better for our community. Better for those that we are influencing in our actions and our conduct. So this is episode number three, as I said before, family life. And my opening statement is this. The church has a responsibility to raise the littlest of God's disciples. Beginning within the home and spreading out into the wider body of the local church. Children can be disciples of Christ. And parents and parents and parents and guardians and teachers should take a deeper, deeper look at the religious formation of children and how to best communicate the love of God to children based on a child's age and stage of life. I'm not going to read that whole thing again, but I want us to understand that today, well, we, 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 we talked about the three categories of the family. We talked about there's the married category, which is what we covered in episode number one. We talked about there's the single category, which is episode number two. And now we are in episode number three, which is going to be talking about the children. I think I said cheering last, last week. Y'all was laughing at me. But this week we're going to talk about the children. So the subtitle for episode number one was Covenant Power. And we talked about how God is a part of the covenant between a husband and a wife. And the second episode we talked about being completely sufficient even in singleness and we should not be trying to manipulate people to get married when God has called them to be single. Y'all catch that next week also. Because some oh no, okay. I'm cuz I all right. Episode number 3. Episode number 3 as I said is we're going to be talking about our children, but I want to say this about this subtitle this subtitle is, The Future Is Now. We keep saying it's in the future, 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 but I don't believe that we understand that what I do today affects the future. So I came up, what well, came to me that we should say, the future is now so that we can get the mindset to go forward and operate with the power of looking at how I am affecting the future. So let's talk about our definitions for today. Definition number one, of course, is the family. The family is the collective bodies of persons who live in one house and under one head or manager, a household. And I brought out, I keep bringing out is that we're not talking about a building. We're talking about a group of people. Like God's House Christian Church is a household of faith. So we're a family of believers that are operating and walking together. Life is the present state of existence. The time from birth to death, a manner of living or conduct. So family life is how we conduct ourselves as a family. And then let's do our third one for today, which is future. 
future is time to come, a time subsequent to the present. So it's the time that's after the present. I remember when I was in fourth grade, my teacher, Mr. Weingartner, said tomorrow I'm going to give everybody in the class a Snickers. Now, Snickers is my favorite candy bar. So I was very happy that tomorrow I was going to get a Snickers from the teacher. I didn't care if it was a little time. I didn't care. I, as long as I got a Snickers, I was going to be happy. So we go through the day, and, I, and I'm, I, you know, y'all that know me, I'm a very patient. I'm a very quiet uh, person in the classroom. I pay attention to what the teacher is saying. Half of that is a lie, but you know what? That's how I thought I was doing. So we get to the end of the school day. We're lining up for the final bell to ring. And he says, well, I'll see you. And I raised my hand. And I said, you said that we're getting the Snickers today. And he said, that's not what I said. I said, I'm giving everybody a, a Snickers tomorrow. So, me and Mr. Weingartner actually almost got into a fight. <laughs> Not that day, but it, that, my fourth grade year was a very uh, understanding year for myself. That I couldn't beat up everybody. Because he's like 6'4". I mean, he's a big guy. He's actually my only male teacher that I can remember. He even had to call my mom in because he was just like, that boy. Anyway, I, we're not going into that today. All right. We don't need to know my history. Because it's very good history. That's why I keep telling my grandbabies. All right. I was a perfect student all the time. Where are we, where we going today? I should have brought some extra shoes to throw at people today. All right. Where we're going today is we're going into a tradition that is still a tradition today in the book of Deuteronomy. If you have sat in my Bible studies, every time it even mentions this set of scriptures, I take time out to explain how important this set of scriptures are. It's Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, starting at the fourth verse. And it is called the Shema, the Shema, the Schema. They call it different things. It's S-H-E-M-A, the Shema of Israel. Shema in Hebrew means here, which is the very first word of this declaration. I'm in the English Standard Version this time. And Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, starting at the first, fourth verse, and we're going down to the ninth. We're going to do the whole thing today. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that it falls upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. That is the Shem. They, this is so important to the nation of Israel is that they say it twice a day. They say it every morning. They say it every night. Even today, they still say this twice a day. And the point that I want to bring up today is God even directed in something that they say twice a day. He says, you got to teach this diligently to your children. We have gotten so sophisticated that we believe that our children learn about Jesus through the heavenly Wi-Fi connection or aerial osmosis. We have caused ourselves to believe that I had to go to Bible band and I had to go to YPWW, I had to go to all these things at 4 o'clock on Sunday while my friends was playing and all they kept talking about was Bible and all they kept talking about was all this stuff. I ain't going to never make my kids do that. You had to, back in the day, that you had to read a verse of the Bible before you would eat the family meal. You had these processes that you went through in order to start your day. I still remember when my mama told me, she said, it's time for you to learn how to pray. And she took me into my room and she had me kneel down next to my bed. And she said, repeat after me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord, my soul to take. Bless mommy, bless daddy, bless grandma, bless everybody. Amen. Now, that, that was part of my thing. I, I, I remember it. I, I remember it. But today, I, I just have to ask us. What memory, what spiritual, biblical memory can our children rise up and say that we've done to them? What example did we set or have we set or are we setting for our children today? Now, just because you got those extra five letters in front of your name, all right, still means that you're a mother or a father. Those five letters are grandmother, grandfather. You still have a responsibility of ensuring that even your grown children know the biblical basis of what they have been taught, what they have been trained, what, what have I empowered you to do? Now, 
Look, you know what I say? Look straight ahead and nobody know I'm talking directly to you. If you have done nothing, don't expect nothing. nothing. But what I want you to do is to repent. And yes, your 55-year-old son can still receive biblical training from their parents. I told you this wasn't going to be one of my fun ones. Because it is so serious. We are now in a mindset where we're telling a four-year-old child that you can decide what your sex is going to be. And then we validate that by doing whatever direction that they say they want to go in. We allow a, a, a four, you know what, a four-year-old. They barely know it. No. They can't even say they have saying they ABCs. <laughs> the only way they can say they ABCs is if they sing the song. But then that's that. See that's that. Not, see, I know I ain't even know my notes. I apologize. But I'm, I'm just I just want to point out we make sure they understand A B C D E F G. But we don't teach them nothing about Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. But we allow them to go to Sunday school. Sunday school will teach them. Well, if they don't have a formation for learning, when they go into Sunday school, the Sunday school teacher is taking 35 or her 45 or his 45 minutes trying to get them to calm down and focus so they can at least teach them a little something, something. Somebody better help me today. I'm more, I didn't even need to bring a soapbox today. I'm just, I'm just all right. Because... I'm, listen, I'm not telling y'all nothing. Tell us. To, oh, come on now. Tell us. Uh, tell us. We have to look at the fact that we have all come up short. We have all did something. I remember back in the day when I was coming up, they used to have it, they used to call it the boob tube. And the reason they call it the boob tube, the television, is because it made you stupid. They, uh, stupidity, they meant was you was a boob, that you didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. and, and so they say parents would just put the kids in front of the TV and let the TV train them. Yeah. Let the TV educate them. Let the, let the TV set their morals. And, and the next thing they know, they like, why when my child leaves my house, do it seem like their wheels fell off? Because you never made sure that you were doing maintenance on the vehicle. If you did maintenance on your vehicle, then you would have known what they are doing. If you would sit around the table and talk to them about, this is what we believe, and this is why we believe it, and do you agree with what we believe in, and, and have a dialogue with your children. And I'm talking, listen, I ain't talking about little children. I'm talking about even your adult children now. Do you know what your adult children believe? No, because I'm assuming. You know what they tell you to assume me, right? All right. I ain't going to, you know what y'all trying to push me to say it, but I ain't saying it. All right. All right. Leave me alone, Christian. So we can see in Deuteronomy, it makes it clear that you as the parent are responsible to teach your children throughout the day. Now, let me tell you this. You are always teaching your children. Even when you ain't teaching, guess what? You still teaching. 
The purpose, I believe, that God, he wanted the, the parents to understand that going to synagogue was good. But you only go to synagogue on the Sabbath. You only stay in synagogue for two hours, maybe three hours, if you're going through uh, uh, the, the, the bar mitzvah stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's three hours out of your week. Wait a minute, this sounds like the same thing I would say about the education system. We have to realize that all this starts at the home. But we have delegated the responsibility that God has given us to somebody else. And we ain't even 100% sure that they believe like we do. We ain't even 100% sure that they are living this life like we want it to be lived. But yeah, go ahead and teach them. We have to realize that when God called me to pastor this, this congregation, the one thing he, I wrestled with is 1 Timothy, the third chapter. I, I wrestled with that joker. Because I sat there and read that, and I believed that it was true. And the part that I believed it was true was, how can you think that you are going to be able to run a church when you can't even run your own house. See, I wrestled with that. Because I said, I do not want none of my children to come up in the middle of one of my services and say, that man lying. Because I raised my kids like that. They would probably do something crazy like that if, it, if we hadn't went another way. <laughs> Because I, I believe that, you know, Miss Yolanda would sit there and probably be nodding, you know. But my kids, they'd be like, excuse me, everybody. I'm his child. He lying. He ain't never did none of that. You know what I'm saying? I, I got them kind of kids. <laughs> but I'm not saying I did this right. This, this, this was really convicting for me all this week. Because there was opportunities that I could have taken that I said, I'm too tired, I'm too busy, I, I need to go do something at the church. I, 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 I found out all these excuses. I even looked to find some excuses so that I would not have to do what it was that would affect the future of my children. And that's why I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm saying this is what we did. We allowed ourselves to get too busy. We allowed our, because it's hard work. There's a saying that in order to get a clarity on something, sometimes you got to ask why five times. So you get up there and you sit down there with your four or five year old. God loves you. Why? Because He created you. Why? Because he wanted someone to fellowship with. Why? Go on somewhere. You keep asking all this, this. You see what I'm saying? But we have to take time. I'll never forget what my son said. We were sitting around the table and we were talking. And he said, I, I, I don't believe in, how do you say it? I'm not saved. Or, he, said, he said something to that effect. And, and, I, and I sat there and I looked at him. And I almost 
fell into the trap. I almost fell into the trap. Boy, you know you say. No, I said, well, why you think that, son? And so we started having a dialogue. It was very uncomfortable. But it was much needed. We did a whole series on doubt is not sin. <clears throat> doubt propels us to get an answer so that we can have an understanding. But we don't take that same type of mentality into the household that when our children say, I'm not sure or I doubt this is true, we don't walk them through this. Now, now when I say children, we can put the five letters in front of that also, okay? It could be our grandchildren. It could be our great. It could be whoever we are talking to. It can be them. Because we, if I don't know the answer, guess what? We're going to walk it together. We're going to learn together. He said, when you get up in the morning, I want you to talk about the Lord. When you go to bed at night, I want you. When you're walking around, when you're sitting down to eat, when you go outside, write it on your doorpost, write it on the gates, have stuff in your car. Have, everywhere there should be something that guides us to know that God is with us and God is for us. We can't let ourselves be caught up in the system that lets us decide what's right and good for us. Because we're selfish. And our desire is to only please ourselves. But God wants us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That's, that's contradictory, God. I only want to love myself. Why do I got to be concerned about my neighbor? And then the smart like say, well, who is my neighbor? And that's why Jesus had to use the Samaritans, because they hated him. We have to figure out, how do I, as the parent, affect the future of my legacy? If I done sat up in church, I done ran around with the shout music, my, my legacy shall be wealthy. My legacy shall be this. My children's children, and we've done all this stuff, but we have not established a foundation of what it is to have a godly legacy. Guess what? It's going to be ungodly. I'm, again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers. I just want us to recognize that it's very easy for us. Yes, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. We have sat up here, and because God has matured us past something, again, by osmosis, we believe that we can expose our children to what God has delivered us from. Now, let me, let me give you an example. I remember, growing up personally, that there were certain TV shows that I could not watch. I got to go to, it's time to go to bed. A lot of times, at 8 o'clock, they would have different programming then because the news would come on, then they would have some shows or something. By 8 o'clock, this programming would change, and it would be like a longer amount. It was like everybody knew everybody's going to be putting their kids to bed around about 8 o'clock, so the programming was a little bit longer, so the kids would go to bed, and then it would be like the Wednesday night movie. The, and, you know, and it would be uh, uh, movies that you, know, you might not want your kids to be watching. But because you were a little bit more mature and you understood, you would watch them. I, I never, I'm going to tell another personal story. I'll never forget 
My daddy would not let me watch the movie Deliverance. And to this day, I have not watched that movie. And there's no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no reason really why I have not. But I'll never forget, mom and dad were sitting there, and I, I, don't, I don't fall asleep really quickly. And, and daddy said, you know what's getting ready to happen? And mom was like, Bob. And she, because I think mom knew we could hear. And he was like, he's like, I ain't going to tell you what daddy said. My dad, my dad had no filter. <laughs> but that was the part where the guy said, you got a pretty mouth if y'all seen the movie. But I never got a chance to see that. Because there were certain standards. Now, my dad wasn't the most Christ-like person on the earth. I, you know, I ain't trying to make it sound like that. But there was a certain standard that was enforced. So when I started having children, I was like, Oh, they'll be all right. They're my kids. They'll be all right. They can watch this. And then I'm quite sure there's some stuff that I would be like, why are you letting my grandbabies watch this? And I bet you when I, when I become a great-granddad, I'll probably be like, why are my babies watching this? You see what I'm saying? You see how it perpetuates? Because now that I've matured and got, got in it, I don't think about this young mind that is now being formed. And so now we're wondering why when kids go to college, why do they immediately become atheists or agnostics? Almost, it's like they, they walk in, they sign the thing, I'm at this college, and they say, oh, we have a church service, I don't go to church. No, they was at church every, every Sunday. They avoid it, they, they don't do it because they don't have the foundation. They don't have the understanding. One of the things I always talk about at Bible study, not always, but I always emphasize is the fact that wisdom is the principal thing. But in all our getting, we have to get an understanding. Why do we need an understanding? So we can help others to understand. And the others that we need to have understand are our children. If we look at the future is now, if we declare that the future is now, I'm quite sure if I know that my grandbabies, my, my son or my daughter is going to be a millionaire, I would teach them money management right now. Not wait till they get a million dollars and then they have to get another million because they blew it. But I would teach them now. If I want something out of my legacy, I have to do it now. now. Because just like Mr. Weingartner, you be sitting up there looking for tomorrow, and tomorrow never comes. It always becomes today. And so you sitting up there wondering why your family's train wrecked. You're wondering why your people is acting all crazy and ignorant and stupid. Because we are not doing our due diligence. Twice a day they did this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall serve the Lord your God with one, with a, uh, one heart, one soul, one mind. And you should teach your children diligently. You don't just throw it out there. You teach them. You say, this is what we do. This is what we believe. This is why we believe it. It's time out for do, do, I, do as I say, not as I do. We got to explain it. We got to give them the, the tools, the power, in order to go forth. Amen. Because if we do not, 
You think we bad now? You wait till this generation becomes 20 years old. You wait till their kids become 20 years old. But we have to take a stand. Joshua jumped his butt up there and, did, and said, you know what? I've led you. I've helped you conquer all this stuff. But y'all acting stupid right now. He said, y'all want to serve all these other gods? He said, but let me tell you one thing. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he said, we should. He said, I don't care what y'all do right now. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do what God has required for us to do. I'm going to train my children to do what God has required. I'm going to do what is right in the sight of God. Because if I don't, then I set my family up for failure. And that's not what I want to do. I think there was one more note I wanted to make sure I hit. We have to come up with a way. One of, one of the things that when my, when my mother moved in with, with, with us, one of the things that she did, she bought these Bibles act, called the Action Bible. They're like comics. They're like comics. And, it, and it, I done read it t twice. Um, very good. But the grand boys would come over on a Monday around 4 o'clock during the summer, and they would sit down and they would go through the store. And I was kind of mad. Because she didn't do that with me. <laughs> she just gave me the book and sat me in the corner. Well, probably because I would have probably said something and got in trouble anyway. But that, that's probably perfect for me. But, but my thing is, she sat there and I would listen to my mom, who's been involved in Sunday school as long as I can remember, and just listen to her working with them through this. She had them each doing a little bit of different person and all this other stuff. I was just like, man, this is just so, so great. And then I was like, she ain't do that with me. I was trying to get a little attitude. I ain't going to lie to you. But then I realized she learned doing this little bit with us. Now she has this opportunity to do something else with her great-grandchildren. And, and I was just like, God, I, I just thank you for this opportunity so I can see this. That it's never too late to influence the change. And that's why I, wanted to, that's why I told you all today, don't, don't let this condemn you. Let it convict you to find a way. If, if you're the, the, the God parent, the, the, the unofficial uncle, the, whatever you are in a children's life, Speak something godly into that child's life. Every time they see you, they say, what are you going to tell me about Jesus today? They're probably going to roll their eyes and everything. But listen, the reason they're they asking you is because they really want to know. Amen. But they don't want their friends to know that they want to know. But we just be like, oh, I ain't got nothing to tell you. No, tell them something. We have to do this. We have to do this. There is a process today. Well, there's a process that has been going on for a long time. Have y'all ever heard of the word catechism? Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, 
I know Miss Lisa had because she 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 was brought up in brought up in the Catholic Church, but it, it's not just for Catholics. It is a process for learning. That is the whole purpose. And and some of us, especially as denominational non-denominational folks, we don't kick everything out the window. <laughs> That's the old traditional stuff, and we kicked it out the window. And some of that stuff can be used today. Well, because of that, I just wanted to let you all know there is something that I, I found out while I was doing this study. It's called NewCityCatchism.com. NewCityCatchism.com. New City is a church out of New York that is pastored by Tim Keller. And they have created a non a denominational catechism so that you can, and this is what, this, so catechism simply is this. It, you'll, it starts off with, it asks a question, and then it tells you what the answer is. And you go through this all the time. And it helps people to get an understanding of the, the Word of God. And I'm not, you know, I'm not making, we're not making any money off of this, but I, I want to give y'all some tools to help you. Because you're sitting there like, I'm not sure what to do. Use what's already been used. I tell folks all the time, I'm not building no new tires. I'll put some spinners on that joker, and, and you know what, I'll add a little something to it, but I, I ain't trying to build nothing new. Let's see what's out there, what I can use and incorporate with my family. If, he, if it takes us to get Bibles for everybody, we read through the Bible together, read a page of the Bible together, because it's in comics and stuff, that, whatever is necessary, but take that time. They did this twice a day. The Shema, they did it twice a day. God says when you get up, when you go to bed, wherever you go, one guy has a 30-minute car ride with his children I was reading about, and so they do the catchism for 30 minutes. They call it the highway catchism because they already know they're going to do it, and they're going to ask questions. And, and this is the process for us to build this godly mindset in our children because guess what? There's going to be situations that occur when you're not around. But if you have beat this, beaten is the wrong word. If, if you have... Uh, Re Thank you, sis. As you have reinforced this into their lives, it will come to their mind. That is why, if y'all notice, we have a bunch of scriptures that we go over every Sunday. Y'all, some y'all probably be like, I know we're going to do Luke, Luke 6.38. I know we're going to do Philippians 4 and 8. Yes, we are. Because I want to be a part of your thinking. Because it's very important to me that you know that when you give, that it's going to come back to you. That you know that I need to think on these things. What is true? What is just? What is holy? You have to think on those things. And the final thing is, can your children, can your grandchildren, if we brought them in here, say, I remember seeing my mom, dad, grandparent reading their Bible. I just want to let that marinate for just a moment. My grandson will tell you, my Gigi always says her prayers before she eats. <laughs> but are they seeing you read your Bible? Are they seeing you look into it and, and getting involved in it and, and taking that time? Usually, you, 
this is TV time, but today, mom, dad, whoever is, got their Bible out. Now, I am a huge advocate of digital things. But I tell you, when, when you're just trying to sit back and just want to spend some time with God, ain't nothing like holding that book in your hand. And just holding and just marinating in it. And in case you didn't know it, you can write in your Bible just like you write in any other book. You can highlight it. You can do all that stuff. But I know some of us, you know, but the, see, the problem that I have discovered myself, I'm, I'm a little going off a little tangent, but the problem I find myself that when I'm using my tablet or something like that, I get these notifications that can become a distraction. But when I'm sitting there doing my Bible study, my Bible reading, not my study, but my reading, I, I have a Bible that I have sitting on my desk, my, well, one of my three desks, sitting on the desk, and I, nothing else is going to distract me. I don't even take my phones in there. And I just sit there and take that time because it's that important. Okay? If you, if I said something that has, been, has motivated you or caused you to really wrap your mind around it, pursue it. Do it. If, it. if it's just coming up with some, some scriptures to say with, with your family, do it. It is that important. Next week we're going to do a comp talk about all this combined together. And then we're going to go into our next, our, next, uh, our next series. But this week I, I was really, really struggling myself because I, 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 God, am I doing the, the most that I can do and I had to say no and so I need to fix it and so I am going to fix it so I hope that you get that same motivation and that you do it wait a minute I'm the pastor I ain't supposed to say I got a deficiency no I am yeah. oh. oh I was supposed to change that ain't I but we got it. We got. We got it. We we got to get it. Get this right, because we do not want a, our our great grandchildren pushing us around in a wheelchair, <laughs> taking us to a bridge and throwing us off the bridge. Because we still talking about Jesus. We don't believe in Jesus no more. <laughs> I'm sorry, my my imagination got away with me that time. All right. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, though, you need Christ in your life. You, you can use anything I said today as an excuse, but that does not excuse you from the eternal law. The eternal law says this. It says that the wages of sin is death, and that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we are all on a death track until we accept Jesus in our lives. Not trying to scare you, I'm just trying to tell you what the facts are. The fact is, until you bring Jesus into your life, you are on a doomed path. <clears throat> but the Bible says it like this. It says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. The Bible says, just like this, 
that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered, shall be rescued from the penalty of sin, which is death. Our whole desire for you is that you will accept that Jesus has paid the cost. And that although in yourself you are deficient, he has paid that debt and can now assist you into becoming all that God has called for you to be. If that is a decision that you have made today, I urge you to contact us at info at godshousecc.com. And we will come alongside you and assist you whatever is necessary for you to come into the fullness of all that God has for you. I say this almost every Sunday. This is not an individual sport. This is a team event. And we are willing to come alongside you and assist you because it is just that important to us. Please let us know. And even if you have not made the decision but you have questions, you can also email us and we will answer your questions. Info at GodsHouseCC.com. All right? Well, friends and family, episode number three is done. <laughs> I know y'all ain't like that, but it's okay. I still love you. I hope y'all still love me. I know you do, even if you don't. I know you do. So with that being said, episode number three is in the books. We're going to be doing episode number four next week. And if you have opportunity, definitely invite somebody to come hang out with us and to glorify God alongside us. And with that being said, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.